Compassionate God, through loving appreciation of you and loving appreciation of our neighbors, far and near, bring us ever closer to your kingdom. Amen. The fans and the heavy air are making it a little bit difficult to hear, so do me a favor and nod if you can hear me right now. Okay, if you can't hear me, shake your head. (laughs) I hope you all can hear. This heat wave has made me reminisce a great deal about my time living in Africa, so that is where we will start this morning. During my first ten weeks in the Peace Corps in West Africa, I lived with a host family in the town of Palame, Togo. Their job was to acclimate me to the country, teach me to speak French, not an easy task, and give me a comfortable place to sleep and two meals a day. My host family took the feeding bit most seriously. I was fed at least four times a day while I was at the house, and I was gone from 7 a.m. to 5 p.m. I joked that the women who cooked for Peace Corps volunteers in Palame had a secret contest about who could get the most amount of food into her American. Mine, a tall, kind, and graceful woman named Elizabeth, won the contest as far as I could tell, and indeed I could only wear my wrap skirts by the end of my ten weeks. The food was something to get used to for me as a fresh out of college craft macaroni and cheese kid. I accidentally swallowed a spicy hot Piemont pepper once, which resulted in five minutes of rapid fire hiccups. Perhaps the most memorable culinary moment was the day that they brought me an after-school snack as soon as I arrived home from my classes. It was a piece of meat about the size of a hockey puck. And it was mostly fat with thick skin and prickly five o'clock shadow. I ate it because I was raised to be polite But the afternoon of the hairy goat derriere snack went down in history as one of the more challenging moments in my adjustments to a very different culture. Today we heard two stories about people voyaging far from home and into the hospitality of people who were very different from them. The great Naaman of the Old Testament, a wealthy, powerful, and respected warrior of Syria, travels to the land of Israel because a slave girl has told his wife that a prophet there could cure him of his leprosy. I love that the testimony of a young foreign slave girl initiated this huge undertaking. Naaman travels with an entourage and with silver and gold and ten garments of clothing, presumably because he expects an elaborate and magical healing that will cost him a great deal. When he finally reaches Elijah's door to be healed, a messenger from Elijah comes out and tells him to go wash himself in the Jordan River seven times. Does Elijah himself come out to greet the great Naaman at the culmination of his journey? No. Is there flashy magic? No. 
Is payment demanded or the wealth of Naaman's entourage acknowledged? No and no. This is not what Naaman expected, and he is deeply insulted. And even more insulting, he has been told to bathe in the Jordan River, the river of his enemies. Can't he at least go home and bathe in one of the nice, big, impressive, familiar rivers of Damascus? No. He leaves Elisha's door angry and still afflicted with leprosy. Flash forward to the gospel. Jesus is sending 70 disciples to go and proclaim the good news of the kingdom of God to people in various towns and places that he himself intends to go. They are to voyage in a very different way than Naaman. Instead of an entourage of people and riches, they will go two by two with nothing. No purse, no robe, not even sandals on their feet. And certainly no snacks or water bottles. They will go to unfamiliar places and put all their trust in the hospitality of strangers. Even if that means breaking Jewish dietary laws. Even if it means eating hairy goat derriere. How terrifying, really, to be that vulnerable without the backup plan of a credit card and a nearby airport. And yet... Just as Elisha told Naaman to get out of his comfort zone and simply be in a foreign land, Jesus told his staff of 70 to get out of their comfort zones and simply be with the people they were sent to be with. To bring God's peace with them and to rest in the hospitality of God's peace to be found in the homes of strangers. How simple. And yet... How very difficult. About a month into my time with my Togolese host family, I received an awful message from home. A close friend had been scuba diving with her family, and she drowned. She was 22 years old and was about to begin a stint with AmeriCorps. My heart was torn open. And I felt more alone and further from home than ever before. I wept all day with my American friends, and then it was time to go back to my host family. I walked home in a daze, not sure how to be so broken and vulnerable among people who really didn't know or understand me. Apparently, someone from the Peace Corps had called ahead. And Elizabeth, the dear woman who had been working so hard to fatten me up, met me at the door. She wrapped her arms around me and held me while I sobbed. What a surprise it was to me that she was exactly who I needed in that moment of deep grief. Naaman went away from Elijah's door angry. But his servants encouraged him to give the Jordan River a go. It was so simple. Why not at least try? So Naaman immersed himself in the foreign waters of the Jordan River seven times. And we learn that his flesh was restored like the flesh of a young boy. And he was made clean. 
The 70 disciples risked everything and went from unfamiliar town to unfamiliar town with nothing in tow but a friend and a message. And they returned to Jesus in joy, amazed at the spiritual effect of their message. I heard someone say this week that they think the best hospitality is perhaps in inviting, not in inviting people into our space as much as it's being willing to courageously go to where others are and being open and vulnerable with them. Our collect today reminds us of the commandment to love God and love our neighbor. And this isn't just about serving others most effectively. It is also about going where God can best serve us through others. Where God can hold us in our grief in the arms of a warm African mama. Or make us clean in a foreign river. Or awaken our joy in the revelation that the kingdom of God is sparked around the dinner table with strangers in their home. May our definition of neighbor be expansive. May our courage and curiosity take us to the doorsteps and tables of neighbors far and near, geographically, economically, socially, generationally, and culturally. May we go with God's peace and with a message of the kingdom of God, the kingdom of love. And may we be amazed and fulfilled by the ways in which the kingdom of God is made manifest through those we meet along the way. Amen.